You're listening to the Communicate with Confidence podcast with me, your host, Luke Maxwell. This podcast is dedicated to helping you build confidence, increase your communication skills, and journey with me in the relentless pursuit of what you want most in life. In this episode, number 114, we're going to share something maybe a little bit more serious, but you know, by the title, you know what we're talking about. And the reason I brought this up is because you've gone through a bad situation. Probably a few. And if you're like most people, you don't know how to share it with others. You or you don't want to and you don't because it's uncomfortable. It's just it's hard to deal with and hard to communicate. Um, I know even people who go to therapists, um, myself included, have a hard time talking about things right away. It takes a while to actually get everything out because you're not used to doing it. And when I was thinking about this, I realized that I built my entire career over telling an entertaining story about a terrible situation. And I realized that this is what moves people. I mean, I stumbled upon what worked. Um, and I, you know, I, I worked with some people, I tested, it. took me a while to actually get it to a solid place. But I realized that this is something everyone can do, whether you are interviewing, you know, telling a story to a date or, you know, maybe or maybe someone you're probably in a more deep relationship with, whether it's a friend or romantic, and you want to share something about your life and you don't want it to just be terrible and sad and just like awful. There are ways to liven up a story that is just awful whether you want to use it for comedic purposes or maybe just because you don't want it to be awful. Um, but especially, especially if you want to use it as a speech, um, especially. Um, because what a terrible situation does is it creates a real conversation between you and the other person or the audience. And the problem that many people go into is that they tell a terrible story and everything is just worse. I mean, I've seen it, you know, I've seen some speeches where it's just, you know, an awful, awful story. And it's, you know, of course you feel bad for the person. Of course you're empathizing with them. But there's no hope at the end. And that's why I've really clarified this list of ways to tell an entertaining story about a terrible situation. And before I move on, I know I've been gone for a little while. Um, I'm in the process of of a season two, if you want to call it. Um where I'm doing focusing more on interviews because I have a bunch of really cool interviews. I'm talking lieutenant colonels. I'm talking CEOs um, who have worked in, in Coca-Cola. I mean, he wasn't the CEO of Coca-Cola, but he was a, a top marketing executive in, in Coca-Cola and some other great companies. I have some really cool guests that are coming on. I have an awesome therapist. Oh, I can't wait. Anyway, so I have a lot of really cool people that have already lined up, already scheduled. So um, stay tuned for that coming up in the next few weeks. With occasional doses of me just getting on the mic and talking about something I want to talk about. Uh, because this is my therapy. Yes, it is. And I am unashamed of it. But really what you need to do, the steps you need to take, is first you need to know your end goal. You need to add some comedy and exemplify yourself what your end goal is to the person you're talking to or to the audience. And of course, like I said, end with hope. And there's very concrete ways to do this. And I'm going to start at the very beginning. And this is a mistake that a lot of people make is that they don't know what their actual end goal is. Because I'm going to ask you this question. Why are you telling this sad story in the first place? Is it to motivate an audience to action? 
to learn from your experiences? Is it to sell yourself um, in some kind of way and showing where you came from? I mean, this is what I do all the time when I'm selling myself, you know, whether as a speaker, also sometimes as a consultant, is I use sad stories, terrible situations to turn that around and in turn show how strong I am now and why you should, you know, hire me to do X, Y, and Z now. And this end goal shouldn't be complicated. Um, it shouldn't be some complex like strategy and be like, oh, or some high-end goal such as, oh, I'm going to rid the world of hunger. I mean, that's noble, but it's not practical. And that's the big thing. And then we're going to get to that, you know, at the end, really breaking down the practicality of action. But it's really to solidify is what is the story and what can people draw from it? Because for my main talk, so my main talk about suicide prevention, I tell my own story. Dealing with depression for a decade and going through attempted suicide and recovery and coming out of that stronger than I ever been. And my goal, um, most of the time, especially when I'm talking to schools, my goal is always to promote conversation, to get them talking about their problems to others so that way healing can happen. Because the main problem is no one's actually talking about it in the first place. So you see, I took my main goal, my huge goal, and I said, okay, I want them to, you know, be better. I want them to heal. I want them to overcome their mental challenges. I'm not going to do that in 45 minutes on a stage. But instead, I'm going to break down the steps and say, okay, well, what's the step before that? Say, well, the step before that is taking care and taking these steps to then improve their mental health. Okay, well, what do they need to do before they even take those steps? Is, oh, they need to know what those steps are. Okay, fine. Let's go back further than that. How do they need to know those steps? Oh, because they need to talk to a professional, like a therapist. Okay, what do they need before that? And you see, I am keep on going back and back and back. And what I come down to is, oh, they need to talk to their parents, their school, like their peers in the first place. And then all of those steps can happen. Otherwise, none of those steps can happen. So what is my main goal? That first step. Because if you try to get it for the second step or the third step or even the last step, nothing's going to happen. You're going to come off insincere and no one's going to like you because they're going to go, oh, easy for you to say, just do this. Wow, how? And even if you explain it during the talk, that shouldn't be your main goal. And so that's why, right? So you have that overarching goal and then the actual thing you want them to do based on your talk this will help form your entire um story speech what you want to say right um and if you're talking if you're you know if you're in a, having or if you're in a relationship and you want to tell a story why it's to grow closer it's because you want them to know this point about you so that way you're not keeping secrets and that way this person fully understands you and can appreciate you more that's the goal so Again, that's going to guide the conversation. That's the real big part, right? And so, um, I mean, I remember um, a lot of, <laughs> I get I get asked a lot, you know, about when I give a talk and go, okay, well, we hope all this will happen and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whoa, 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 calm down, calm down, calm down. Okay, what are we going to do? You know, when someone's when someone's booking me, especially in a high school, they're like, well, we don't know how to deal with this and this and this and all this. I'm like, whoa, 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 that's, that's 10 steps ahead. We don't need to worry about that. That takes place mostly outside of the school. It's great if you want to do something to help with those steps. But right now, we need to have them take the first step. Otherwise, nothing is going to happen. And that is kind of something that clarifies people, um, clarifies in their mind. Is that, oh, okay, first step, good, okay, sure, what's that? 
Um, and then moving on to the second step. So when you, you're forming this, right? You're forming this story you're telling, um, whether it's across 45 minutes or across five minutes. Um, it's important to add comedy. I think this is where the real decision comes in in what is this? Are you telling a story to inspire and transform? Or are you telling a story because it's funny? Like um, the story I told, let's see, what, what episode was it? Um, it was a long time ago. Um, it was quite, a, it was, it was quite a few months ago, actually. I didn't realize it was so far away. I can't even find it. Um, it was a story about me going to San Francisco and all of the struggles that I came along the way. The main goal of that podcast episode was to entertain. It was, you know, I'm making sure that there was humor in there. There was, you know, dashes of inspiration and, you know, things that I've learned. Um, but the real point of that story was to entertain and then kind of package a little bit of education and inspiration during that. Um, and so, of course, I tried to make it, you know, as funny as possible without without making it sound like sound like a stand up show. And to make sure that it all sounded right and it didn't it wasn't too intense in either direction, whether it's like there's too just like cheesy, like, oh, I'm just trying to make jokes or it went to the other end where it just didn't it wasn't entertaining at all. It was just like just sad and depressing. Um, I follow a, or I follow a couple of rules. One is that because I've been speaking for so long, it kind of built in naturally to identify a place and I feel the tension and then I break it on the spot um, with something. Um, but really, when, you, when you're when you first starting these kinds of things, you want to identify places where there's a huge amount of tension and then you want to place a joke after that to kind of break it a little bit because otherwise you can't really move forward because if you're still feeling the tension from point B, um, in the speech, how are you going to think about point C if you're still in the middle of that story and so, or in that section of the story? And so, for example, I, when I'm giving my speech, the middle of the speech is where I tell my real story. It's where I get deep into the weeds, where I go through every single step of my actual uh, suicide attempt. And it is dark and oh, maybe, I don't know, I try not to make it disturbing because, again, right, it's, it's having that balance of going too dark with it and then just having people just depressed or disgusted or something else like that. But at the end of that, at the end of that whole section, about 15 minute section of just tension where everyone is silent and no one is thinking like no one is thinking or looking about anything else. At the very end of this, I have a joke and it's not even that funny because uh, I'm going to tell you right now. OK, and you can be the judge of how funny this is. And I'll, then I'll share with you the effect that it has, which you might be surprised um, is that I'll say. And then when I went back into my home for the first time, it was scary and frightening. And none of us knew what we were doing. We were just trying things, moving limbs in places. And in fact, my dad slept with in my room. Uh, with me and my brothers to make sure that I was safe. And I'll tell you, if you ever had your dad sleep in your room for six weeks, if anything, that was the only thing that was helping me in my recovery. And that's that's the joke. And it's not, you know, it's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe to other people it is, but I don't think it's that funny. But the effect it has is immediately everybody breaks. And not that I get like, oh, like uproarious laughter. That's not what I want. What I can see is everyone just simultaneously <gasps> breathing and realizing, okay, the tense part is over. We can move on. 
And that's the goal. And in fact, I don't really want people to laugh out loud because we're talking about something serious. Um, I don't want people to think that this is just a comedy show um, and I'm here just to entertain. Since it's, the point of that talk is not to entertain. The point of that talk is to educate and inspire. And that's it. Everything else is secondary. You know, whether it's, you know, entertainment, comedy, all of that is secondary um, to the actual information and inspiring. Because that's why I'm hired to be there is to essentially to teach and um i just put my own spin on teaching which makes it more um listenable <laughs> i'll say that so right so it's not that funny of a joke if you actually think that joke is funny go and tweet at me at luke d maxwell um it's not um you can tell me how terrible i am at comedy which is fine because i'm not a comedian <laughs> i'll never pretend to be um yeah that's not my specialty but see, even something simple like that, that took me like five minutes less. Like that just kind of came naturally. It just kind of happened. And I noticed that it worked. And I was like, cool, I'm going to keep on doing this. Um, that is something that is really important to separating sections of a story, especially the most tense part of a story is to break that down. Um, also, what comedy does is it builds rapport. And so in the beginning, you notice a lot of speakers use comedy in the beginning of a speech. You can do that. Um, I choose not to because, again, I tend to kind of go a little bit more for shock value rather than rapport because I'm young. They look, they, I look like them enough that um, when I'm speaking to teens, when I'm speaking to adults, they see me as their kid. So that, that builds the rapport. Um, so I don't really need to do that. I don't need to. It's not necessary. And when I've experimented with adding comedy in the beginning, it actually didn't work very well. Um, it works more for to have shock value about my subject matter, which is something that is shocking and scary. And so I immediately have everyone listening because of what I'm talking about is scary and they want to listen. They don't want to miss something. Um, but the other part of that, right? So to build rapport and break tension, that's a great way to start using comedy because it doesn't have to be that funny. It really doesn't. You have to. You don't have to be. I don't know who's a funny comedian. I don't know. Bill Burr's pretty funny, I guess. Um, no, um, John Mulaney. He's oh, oh my gosh, that man. Um, you know, yeah, you know, that's a good. That's a good analogy. You don't have to be John Mulaney in order to win a crowd over. Uh, but the other thing about um this section of of sweeping along right before the end is to exemplify what your end goal stands for, what it is. And I think this was, this was most clearly stated after I gave a talk to a marketing class. And I gave a talk on personal branding. And, you know, I told my story, you know, bits and pieces of it. I didn't go too deep because I was there to educate about personal branding, um, not about mental health specifically. And someone came af up afterwards and said, I've worked in, you know, big, big firms and organizations and companies and I've seen a lot of higher ups and a lot of really successful people. And he said, you're the most confident person I've seen ever. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, thank you very much. And, you know, he wasn't trying to get anything out of me. He's like, oh, just thank you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he left. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'll take that to heart then because obviously you're not trying to get anything out of me. So I'll just take it as word. I mean, I'll take your word as not as gospel. That's a little too strong. Um, but I'll take it as true. And that was something I realized like, oh, I'm here to teach them personal branding and I'm showing them my personal brand as someone who communicates with confidence because that's what I, that's, I mean, that's everything, right? That's the name of the, that's the, name of the show um, is communicate with confidence. And because I was communicating well and I was being confident, 
they trusted me and listened to me. The end goal, I was exemplifying during my speech. And the same thing goes for um, all my other speeches, is that when I'm talking about something so serious and so deadly and so scary, is that I am exemplifying hope for the person. I am becoming hope, the visual representation of hope. And that's something that honestly scares me. <laughs> it scares me so much because I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that. Like, look at someone else, someone else better than me at that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I should not have, but I do. And really what we want to end is, right, we're talking about ending with hope. Um, so you set it up so you know what you want to go for. You exemplify it during the time while breaking that tension with some comedy. And then you're ending. Now, of course, this is vital, right? Is that to end with hope. And there's a couple things, a couple of baseline things to keep in mind here. Is that just because you're telling your story doesn't mean you can bring in other people's. Because for the whole talk, right, or the whole story you've been telling, if you truly want to inspire people, then, or even, or even in our interpersonal se section, uh, uh, in our, in our, in our interpersonal speech, so to speak, is that bringing in other people's stories is so important. Because the entire time you've been talking about yourself, and it's become about you. But now you bring it to reality and say, oh, look, someone like you did this. Someone like you did this. And you're making your call to action real. You're saying you can accomplish this. Why? Because I gave a talk last month and that person sitting in your seat did this. Look at that. That is called proof. And that's something that's so important when you're giving this kind of inspirational educational talk. You want real change. But the other thing, too. The other thing, too, is that bringing in other people's stories can come in handy in an interpersonal set, um, setting. That's another word I was trying to say. Because let's say you're telling, you're telling a story about the situation, right? What you can do is say, well, and, and, by the, and this person experienced this, too, which is really weird or, or because or this is weirdly similar to me. And, you know, when people are in this certain situation, they experience this as well. Or bringing in other people's perspectives, of, of, of your story and what their story must have been in that situation. There's a bunch of ways to be creative about telling other people's stories in tandem with your own. That's a part where you can go wild with. You can do anything you want with that. Well, not anything, but mostly anything. You can do so many things with that and be very creative with it. And so don't be afraid to tell other people's stories as well as your own. Most business books you read are just other people's stories. <laughs> That's it. It's just like it's just a compilation of other people's stories and maybe what the author's insight is from those stories. And so don't be don't feel like a fraud or don't feel like you're just um like copping out because oh I didn't go through this so I don't want to steal this other person's story no do it and of course like if you have references or something you know give them always give references if you have them um and also also just as a hint uh my references they also give me um credibility because there's this pretty well um, known doctor in the mental health um circle that I reference the psychiatrist say, hey, my friend, so-and-so, because he is, I know, I mean, I've spoken alongside him, mean, I've, I've, I've talked with him many a times, and um, he's a great, great guy, and I was like, yeah, so my friend, 
so-and-so, um, they tell this story. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, it's coming from them. Oh, wow. So it must be really important. And then, boom, there we go. I've hit two birds with one stone. I've, given, I've got credibility, and I've had an inspiring story. Okay? So when you're telling a sad story, <laughs> and again, right, we all have them. We all have them. We have so many of them, and they can be powerful. Um, even if you just have a podcast, you're talking about the stories of your day. Is that that can be something that's powerful in wrapping sad stories and making them entertaining. Not necessarily entertainment, but entertaining. There's a difference. Entertainment is very shallow. Um, there can be education and inspiration um, there, and it can be, of course. But it's not its primary goal. The primary goal is to entertain people, to make them laugh, um, to comfort them, you know, to, you know, to, you know, something. It's mostly laughing um, or is it, unless it's a drama, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's a know your end goal, right? Why are you telling this story at all? Why? Is it just to get it off your chest? That's not good enough. You need to have a reason that you're telling this story um, if you're delivering it to someone else. What is it for them? Why do they care? What are they going to get at the end of this? And then, of course, exemplify your goal. So if you're telling a story of hope, exemplify hope. If you're telling a story of entertainment, be entertaining. If your primary goal is education, then be an authority figure. Exemplify what your goal is and what you're trying to reach them with. And, of course, end with hope. Always end with hope. You know, you don't want to end a sad story and make people depressed by, adding, by ending it sadly. There's always hope at the end. You just need to find it. Whether you fast track, you know, a decade or a hundred years, like you can tell a story about history. You can tell a historical thing that was devastating and terrible. And then you can fast forward a thousand years and say, but look now, look now what we have achieved in the face of that, in the face of our past. That's awesome. That's inspiring. That's cool. And so, you know, different things like that, just be creative. And of course, be creative and also telling other people's stories along with your own during all points, all points of your speech, but especially it really works well at the end. And so this has been the Communicate with Confidence podcast. Um, thank you for listening. Remember that the best way to support any podcast you listen to is to rate it five stars in iTunes. Greatly appreciated. All you need to do is search Luke Maxwell and I pop up. Um, you can find show notes and more at lukedmaxwell.com slash podcast. And I will have a slew of interviews coming at you with some of the coolest people that I've found in the last, I mean, honestly, this year. Um, some awesome people. I think Claire is going to be on the podcast next week. Um, so you have that to look forward to. We have some cool updates. She moved. You know that? She's away. She's off. She's gone to another place. So we have a cool update with that um, as well as business stuff and all that. Anyway, I don't know how to end this. <laughs> Do what you love and remember to always stay on the positive side of things. Mm -hmm.